Hello, and welcome back to the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. This is Penny Santaveri and my awesome co-host, Amy Cornell, and we're back for another show. You know, we hit our 100th show a couple of shows ago, and of course, we forgot to mention it, but yay us, we are at it. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's kind of hard when you don't record these in real time, and I feel like I'm not, you know, revealing a secret that anybody that listens to podcasts doesn't already know that nobody is recording their shows in real time. Everybody tries to work ahead and record ahead and things like that. So it does get kind of tricky with the logistics of like, wait, when do we mention this? I think I royally screwed up something around Thanksgiving because <laughs> because the episode wasn't going to come out until Christmas or something like that. And here I am talking about what I was making for Thanksgiving dinner. So, oh, that's right. I remember that we were talking about, <laughs> we got off the show and we were like, Oh, that's okay. gonna make us. That's that's gonna make us sound really current. I know. Hey. So for what it's worth, it is kind of hard to time. You know when to mention these little tidbits, like the hundredth show. We said, like, when is this gonna go live again? I know. I know it. And you know, I'm so excited because I have my very first in-person event on Saturday in two years. So I'm really looking forward to that. But it's it's weird, right? Because have not having done an in-person event. Um, and I just, I hate to say this, but it makes you kind of lazy. Right. So I don't know where any of my stuff is. So, I mean, and by stuff, I mean, like, where's my adapter for my PowerPoint, right? Where's my computer (laughs) adapter? Cause I, cause I'm the person that shows up with a Mac and everybody's like, Oh, you have a Mac, you need an adapter. So I need to have to have my adapter of my PowerPoint, my trading cards. If any of you have ever attended one of my events, um, you know, I do these trading, like these, they're not trading cards. They're marketing. They're marketing tips in these little pouches. So I have to do these pouches, and I feel like I'm like I feel like I'm just brand new. Like I've never done this before, but I'm really excited about it. And um, one of the things that I really like about doing in person events is because you know you miss that face to face time with authors. I really have missed that. But um, you get, I get a really good chance to talk to authors both about what their challenges are with their book, what their what their wins have been, and specifically in what we're talking about today is their reader markets. Because a lot of times people come up to me after the event and say, "I'm really struggling with my book, and here's everything that I've done." And as it turns out, a lot of it has to do with a poorly identified a poorly identified reader market. Um, and which, which translates into absolutely everything. I mean, where we're going to pitch the book, who we're going to pitch it to. Um, and, and let me just say up front that this podcast is not about trying to kill your ideas, but rather to maybe, you know, sort of redirect that creative energy into something that's going to benefit your, your book and your book sales more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, understanding your reader market and even more in depth, and I know this sounds scary, but once you start doing the work, the buyer psychology about why readers in your genres, what they're looking for, how they find books, things like that. I mean, that really permeates everything we do. You know, it's it's definitely important for pitching, but it really needs to be a consideration every time we work on an author's behalf. So our head is in that all the time. You know, so to your point, Penny, we're not here to kill dreams, but we're here to help you make smarter decisions that will benefit you more in the long run about, like you said, where to focus your time and energy. Right, exactly. And sometimes I think where this comes up a lot is that when we're, when I talk to fiction authors and they want to get into um, very 
creative markets. And I think that some fiction authors, sorry, I'm going to take another drink because my, for some reason, like the air is really dry here today. I but feel like I think microphones come out, that happens. I swear. It's like the curse of podcasting. <laughs> you know, the minute the microphones come out, I'm like, oh, I have to cough. What's going right. on? Um, but I think that some authors get really lucky with extremely creative pitches, right? But it's mostly in local media. And by extremely creative pitches, what I, what we mean is, is that you are tethering. And let me just go back to, again, because we talked about fiction. Let's go back to fiction for just a second again. Um, let's say if you have a character that's an eco-warrior, um, and you want to pitch that to the media, you really actually have to be an ecology expert, right? So the, 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 the premise of this or the idea, sort of the, 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 the genesis of, the, of this podcast was that we were seeing a lot of authors who didn't really understand where, their, where the gold was in their real market, right? And again, you can get potentially extremely lucky with these very creative pitches locally because they're always looking for topics. But Tom Clancy, just as an example, he used to be called upon as a military expert of sorts, um, but he had done tons of research, right? He was a true expert. And I really think that it wasn't until he had more than 10 books out totaling millions in sales and he was a household name that, you know, TV stations started calling upon him to ask him about, you know, as a submarine expert or something along those lines. I mean, does that, am I making sense, Amy? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think the biggest challenge with this as the author, at least a lot of the authors we talk to that kind of want to make these big leaps, you know, your book inside and out right? Like you've got all these great ideas because you know every nuance in your book, but when you're introducing your work to someone for the first time, be it a reader or someone in the media, everything really needs to click instantly, you know? And a lot of that is dependent on genre tropes and genre expectations, you know? So as a fiction author, if you come at them out of left field saying you have a news angle for them, their response, if you're even lucky enough to get a response (laughs) to your pitch is going to be like, wait, what? I don't, I don't understand where the news is in this, you know? Right. So making that big leap with a, with a fiction book and with your storyline and trying to make people understand why that should be classified as news is really difficult and indefinitely few and far between does a fiction author really have a legitimate enough connection for that, for that to make sense. I think that's a really, I think that's a really inspired what you just said, specifically legitimate connection, because it's a great, it is a great long-term goal for the right person. Like Clancy, just to go back to that example, this doesn't happen overnight, but you also have to be realistic. I mean, are you trying to become an expert um, and I think a lot of authors would say, no, not really, but I have an interest in it. Um, and I also have a day job and, and that's okay. Um, that's, and that's totally normal, but I think that that's why it's smart to stay focused on your core audience. Because the other thing though, too, is when you go out, when you go off in these tangents of let's use the eco warrior as an example, it's distracting unless your book is about eco-terrorism or something like that. Um, 
it, it gets to be a little distracting. Like you want to stay, um, you know, you want to stay focused. The other issue to consider when pitching yourself to these markets is that those may not be the readers that are interested in your book. So that's another piece of it too, right? So you have a book, let's go back to the eco-terrorism, right? You have a book on eco-terrorism. You're like, I want to pitch this to the ecology market. Do you really? Right. Because, you know, and Amy, Amy and I were talking about this the other day. She had an author who had a book that starred a university professor and the author wanted to pitch it to universities because that was their, in their mind, their obvious tie. And as Amy said, you know, you know, your book inside and out, but there's no real interest there because the dots don't connect. And that's really what we're, what I'm trying, maybe inarticulately trying to say. No, that's a really good point, Penny, because at the end of the day, and I think this is what we kind of have to coach our clients through when this comes up, the genre is the real attraction, right? Like people Mm -hmm. read based on their genre interests for the most part. So to get even more specific and to use the example, the college professor, um, if there's a thriller fan, if who you're pitching happens to be a thriller fan, but you've written a romantic comedy, you know, starring a college professor, they are not going to read that book simply because they work at a university. You know, does that make sense? Like their allegiance isn't to your character just because they happen to have the same type of job. It's to their genre preference. Right. So, so you're really, you're kind of leading yourself down the wrong path by making the connections in the wrong places. So your eco warrior example is also a really good one. Like if your suspense novel is classified as an eco thriller, you're going to be most attractive to suspense and thriller readers who also vibe with that environmentalism, you know, concept and how that's shaping our social and political climates. Like that's really hot right now. That's excellent. That's a great niche market to focus on and to find those people because a lot of them exist. But at the end of the day, the fact that you wrote a character with these values doesn't make your book breaking news. And that's where, like, again, we're not trying to crush dreams here, but just, you know, realizing that just because this character exists doesn't that doesn't equate to a newsworthy piece for a big national level media. But it is very much interesting to genre readers that are interested in that subgenre of thriller. And those people, you know, are who you want to get in front of. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's the example of when authors go hunting for readers and they cast their net really wide, um, which again, they want to go big casting a net wide. I get it. Um, but it doesn't necessarily equate to being able to pull in readers and call your book a success. Um, you're better off getting more focused and making your mes- message more personal to the exact right group of readers. And it may feel smaller, but quality over quantity is what works. Because we just see, we see a lot of authors that spend a lot of money spinning their wheels in a lot of different areas, and it doesn't it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's really, really hard to get because you get really discouraged and, um, focusing in on your core audience, staying focused on who your real market is will 
get you a better return. So if you feel like this is you, if you're like, oh my gosh, this is what I've been doing, just pull yourself back and um, reevaluate where your market, and I have, and we'll probably do a podcast on this after I get a chance to listen to it, but I downloaded this site, Reader Psychology. You know, I love this geek stuff. Um, this Reader Psychology from um, a, a, a conference that I was at, and I didn't get a chance to attend the session. So we'll definitely be talking more about that later. But, you know, in the 21 years that I've been in business, I mean, it's a tough climb even for established nonfiction authors. Um, and the not to discourage everyone from like, no, don't use those nuances in your book. You can absolutely address those nuances, your story arcs, the characteristics of your book in blog posts and on social media. I mean, I think that's a really good place for that information because I feel like, you know, I I think that for some authors, they feel like that nonfiction element of their book is a tether to some big media but instead, we're encouraging you to maybe use it in another way. Isn't that right, Amy? Yeah, I think that's a really good point because we've we've done shows about trying to keep your book current, tying your book into what the current conversation is, whether it's popular culture or in the news or anything like that. So that's a really smart thing to do, but that doesn't always mean it's appropriate for pitching particular types of media. There's like Penny said, a lot of other ways to use it. So any real life elements that are part of your book and using those, incorporating that into your brand and what you write about is really spot on. So if you're passionate about a particular topic and you incorporated that into your work of fiction, use that inspiration for what you write about, like Penny said, on your blog, use it for inspiration for social content, as Penny said as well, because the more solid your brand becomes, the more likely you are to attract the right kind of readers. And that connection is really priceless when it comes to the kind of ongoing support you'll get from followers and how well they'll show up for your next release as well. So if you are passionate about something and you've worked that into your book, and if it is something that is a current conversation, absolutely use that in all aspects of your brand to kind of let people know these are the kind of books I write. And don't don't pigeonhole yourself into only being able to use that for, for media elements. Yeah, exactly. And, and an example of this is uh, we worked with an author who had a book about, it was a romance novel about someone who ran a dog rescue. Right. Um, And you don't necessarily, the author didn't necessarily want to become the expert on dog rescues, right? That wasn't, that wasn't her goal, but instead what she did is she used like pictures of rescue, rescue animals and things like that in her social media feed, which was cute. And she didn't use, she didn't like saturate her feed with dog pictures, although I'm sure her readers would have loved that. Mm -hmm. She used that sort of sporadically. And then she also tied some book events to, um, uh, rescue fundraisers and things like that. So she would, uh, she would, you know, go in and sign her book and then donate money to the rescue and things like that. So that's how she tied that in, as opposed to saying, I am now an expert on dog adoption, dog rescue, et cetera, because that's that's a tough um, that that's a that's a tough road to climb. But just to kind of round out this conversation, keeping focused, keeping laser focused on who your reader market is and going after them and staying um, staying true to that market is going to be your best way to to 
success. Thank you again so much for tuning in. This is um, Penny Sansbury and Amy Cornell. I almost forgot my name. Don't you just love that? Like when the mic's on, <laughs> like, hey, who am I? What is going on here? We love your reviews. So anywhere where you listen to podcasts, please leave a review. We are um, so always so pleased to have listener feedback and show ideas. So please send those our way. This is the Book Marketing Tips and Author Success Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye-bye.